1: Welcome to The Career Confidant. We're excited to have you here today. And you are going to be glad that you've joined us because we've got two guests today. They're going to be talking about how we can get better sleep. So, you know, especially here during COVID, we've got a lot of increased Anxiety and the hormones that go along with that stress. So, we aren't getting as good of sleep. And we know that sleep is important for us to perform well, to be resilient in our job search or or in a job that's continually shifting right now. And so, I'm really excited that we have two experts here today to talk about how we can get better sleep. So, Dr. Patrick Wonis is a renowned human behavior expert and appeared on Global news outlets, really well known for his subconscious rapid transformation technique. So I'm excited to hear from him about how we can have a better peace of mind. Patrick, we're glad to have you here today. And then we also have Chris Burris, who's a scientific researcher and has really pioneered in the use of a new molecule. That has some amazing properties in enhancing sleep and boosting immunity so I'm excited to hear from both of you and just want to know as we start out here like how did the two of you connect we've got a human behavior expert and a scientific researcher tell me that story how did the two of you come together
2: well we met at a social event and then we became friends and then we started working together and I think well I know Marie you and your audience will understand and appreciate this I teach that you should always um, surround yourself with people whose values are in alignment with yours. I mean, you should hire people whose values match yours, the people in your team, their values should match the values of the company, the, your, your partner, your romantic partner, your husband, your wife, your values should be in alignment or at least be complementary to each other. So Chris and I have... Uh, Values that are in alignment, complementary values, because we both want to help people, we both want to make a positive difference, and we both have a very strong desire and motivation to help people to live healthier lives, um, not just physically, but mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually.
1: So you partnered together, and Patrick, you wrote a book, Neutralize the Seven Emotions That Are Holding You Hostage. Tell us a little bit about how each of those emotions play into disrupting our sleep.
2: The impetus to this book occurred when the pandemic occurred. And Chris and I were having a conversation, and he was expressing with some surprise, oh, I don't know what's wrong with me, I'm feeling really tired. And I said, Chris, perhaps you've forgotten, we're in a pandemic. And at that moment, we started saying, well, look, you know, how can we help people? Because everyone's impacted, I was impacted, it affected me, not just in terms of work and career, but I could feel it myself. There was a general feeling of heaviness that everyone was feeling, and that was connected to grief. So I said to Chris, let's do something and let's, and let's help people to balance their emotions and sleep better and boost their immune system. And Chris has a product um, which contains ESS-60 and my work obviously is helping to set people free from the past and to learn to take charge of their thoughts and emotions so that it changes the way you think and feel and behave in the world and so that it changes the way you interact with everyone. So I identified seven... Umbrellas of emotion, and I know that the very first one we all felt, other than shock, was fear and anxiety. And fear is the anticipation of pain. You think something's going to go wrong, you think something's going to go bad, you believe it's going to result in some sort of physical pain or some sort of emotional pain. Anxiety is. It's a little different and it's even more powerful in terms of the way it impacts your body because anxiety is our response to the feeling or belief that the world is out of control, that our individual world is out of control and then coupled with the attempt to try to control something you can't and that's what happened to all of us because we didn't know how to respond the world suddenly just stopped in terms of what we were accustomed to it felt like it was out of control we didn't know what was happening with our jobs we still don't, many of us we didn't know what was going to happen to our lifestyle do we have to wear masks, do we have to do this do we have to touch, can we stay away from people is it safe to open a box is it safe to to open groceries etc etc so fear and anxiety go hand in hand. And that's the, the number one emotion that every one of us is feeling or has at least experienced. And I know that your audience, um, who are very much career driven, are going to say, well, you know, how is this impacting me? If you experience fear and anxiety, you can't function properly. Obviously, there's, there's some specific physical manifestations in your body. And when you experience fear and anxiety, your body tends to go into a fight or flight response. Your heart, your heart beats a lot faster. Your blood pressure is elevated. All of the blood is rushing to your exterior limbs. You're releasing adrenaline, epinephrine or an ep- epinephrine. And basically, you're on hyper alert. Because your body or your brain is designed to the extent that if you perceive a threat, all you're going to do is be able to protect yourself from the threat or to run away from the threat. That means it immediately stops your digestion and it suppresses your immune system. How can you function? Your only thoughts are that I'm in, in constant threat. You can't function at work when you're in constant fear or threat. I don't know if you've, of, um, if you've heard of a guy called Sean Aker, who's another Houstonian. And I say another because Chris is also from Houston. But Sean Aker did decades of research and found that 25% of job successes are predicted by IQ. of job success is predicted by optimism levels, social support, and your ability to see stress as a challenge instead of as a threat. So if you see everything as a threat, you're going to experience anxiety. And all the research shows that your brain at a positive state, a happy state, performs significantly better than at a negative, neutral, or stress state. Your intelligence rises, your creativity rises, your energy levels rise. Every single business outcome improves. Your brain in a positive state is 31% more productive than when you're in a negative, neutral, or stress state. If you're in sales, you're 37% better at selling when you're in a positive brain state. Doctors are 19% faster and more accurate at coming up with the correct diagnosis. Again, when the brain is in a positive versus a negative, neutral, or stress state. So our emotions affect the way that we function, not just at home, but also at work. They affect the way that we show up, the way we interact, and ultimately the way we sleep. And then if you're not sleeping well, everything is out of balance. Your immune system is demolished, and there's a whole series of imbalances that affect the endocrine system, memory function, emotional processing, cognitive function. So just to to summarize that, so there are seven umbrellas of emotions and so Chris and I sort of said, Well look, let's help people and I'll create this audio book and I'll also create a guided meditation and um when you're ready in the show, uh Chris and I are going to give you a link where you can get those two products for free with no name or email address. And they and the book doesn't just talk at you I'm sharing with you actionable steps to deal with fear and anxiety, to deal with sadness, sorrow and grief, to deal with rumination and depression, etc.
1: Right. And this is so true. And especially in our current time, my two year old had a fever last night. And, you know, usual would be like, oh, maybe he's teething, no big deal. And, you know, you had to control the panic of, oh, my gosh, you know, did he somehow pick up COVID And, and all of those things. And thankfully, this morning, he's completely fine. So but then, Chris, you've come up with some Thoughts around this to take it beyond the emotions and really move it into how we can impact our sleep. So, you have three tips for how we can improve our sleep tonight, <laughs> which is great.
3: Absolutely. Patrick is the human behavior expert. I'm the really geeky scientist, and I think in terms of, okay, well, exactly, what can I do tonight to help? Uh, and I'll, I'll give out three tips. They're, they're related to sleep hygiene. Sleep hygiene is that phrase that describes the, the habits and rituals you have related to sleep. Now, if that sounds weird, uh, it's probably a good idea to listen to these and know that the more habits and rituals you have related to sleep, the more likely it is that you're getting a better night's sleep. So that habit really trains your brain when to get to sleep. So here's some, some tips and tricks. Uh, since COVID, we've all been, you know, at home. Most of us have been at home. Uh, some of us are eating lunch on a very comfortable couch, which we never got to do before, and possibly even taking naps. Um, First and foremost, taking naps is accurate. The data is really clear. Taking naps is very good. If you want to improve your cognitive function later in the day, take a nap. Now, here's the thing you got to be careful of. Uh, the optimal time, length of time for a nap is 20 minutes. You never want to take a nap longer than 30 minutes. So if you're about to take a nap, make sure you're setting that alarm so that you do not take longer than 30-minute naps. What happens if you take a nap that's longer than 30 minutes is you start to enter interrupt your circadian rhythm and that's the rhythm that says hey the sun is coming up it's time for me to be active oh the sun is going down it's time for me to slow down and get ready to sleep Uh, if you take a nap longer than 30 minutes you can start interfering with that circadian rhythm and also if you're about to take a nap if you're falling asleep around four or anytime after four don't do it uh don't take a nap after four that will also interrupt your circadian rhythm the next uh, the next trip is related. We all have these devices. We have cell phones and, and tablets and computers, and all of these devices, are you're using them all day long. In fact, the usage of these devices has significantly increased during COVID. And one thing that people don't realize is these devices give off blue light. Maybe you know it gives off blue light, but what you don't realize is that blue light tricks our brain into thinking it's the middle of the day, because that's when the sun uh, exhibits the most blue light. So you can imagine if it's 9 p.m. and you're on an electronic device and you don't have a blue light filter on, you're tricking your system into believing it's noon. That's a very active time of the day. Uh, Obviously, that's going to impact negatively impact your circadian rhythm as well. What we recommend is every device, or at least every device I'm aware of, has a blue light filter feature, uh, and you want to find that feature and turn that feature on. I know that Dr. Juanes, he actually leaves that feature on the entire day so it doesn't ever kind of really impact him and trick his brain into thinking it's noon. Um, But at at a minimum, I would say about an hour to two hours before the sun sets wherever you're at, get that blue light feature turned on so that it's not going to negatively impact your circadian rhythm The other thing related to electronics is we're hardwired for the information that's coming out of these devices. It can be very addictive. Uh, It's best not to have your device in your bedroom. Uh, What I do is I actually have a charging station right outside of my bedroom. It goes there. We recommend you kind of turn those devices off, um, have a conversation with a loved one, read a book, whatever it is that allows you to calm down away from that device and, and start doing that about an hour to two hours before you're ready to go to sleep. And then the final tip, it's related to alcohol. Um, a lot of people believe that if they have a drink right before they go to sleep, uh, it'll actually help them sleep. The reality is is alcohol is a sedative, and what it does is it knocks you out, um, but it doesn't help your sleep. It's very similar to the quote-unquote sleep aid industry where you take all these prescription medicines, you take them right before you go to sleep, they knock you unconscious. You actually wake up without the desire for sleep, so it kind of feels refreshing but you actually haven't had the the REM, the rapid eye movement, and the in-REM sleep that you really need. That's when you get all of this uh, repair. That's when your physical, mental, and emotional well-being is enhanced during this REM and in-REM sleep. It's kind of interesting. I love the contrast that exists between the sleep aid industry and and the alcohol. Uh, You take those products right before you go to sleep, the molecule i've been working with uh the customers who take that product they report it taking it in the morning they report mental focus and energy in during the day and then better sleep that night it's kind of like the opposite of that you know quote-unquote sleep aid industry
1: all right well we're going to take a short break and when we come back we're going to have you give us the link for that free download and then tie, talk a little bit more about how we can get better sleep so we're going to take a short break and we'll be back in just a few minutes
0: we
4: America business Channel.
0: Follow us on Twitter at Voice America TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. From the
4: boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network.
0: You are tuned into The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff.
1: Welcome back to The Career Confidants. And today we're talking with Dr. Patrick Guanis and Chris Burris about sleep, very important sleep. So Chris, you were just talking about the impacts of alcohol and devices and taking naps and how all of those things impact our sleep. But before you started talking, um, Patrick also shared that you all have a download, an, it sounds like an audio book. So give us the link to, to download that.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the download link is myvitalc.com forward slash career confidant. We've got, made that special link just for your audience. Uh, and it's, it, it's really important. Patrick and I kind of agreed with this right away. You don't have to give an email. There's no process for that. It's absolutely free. They can listen to it right there in the browser, or they can download it to any number of their devices. Uh, please take advantage of this. Please get better sleep.
1: Excellent. So when we're talking about how this impacts our immune system and our, our, our brain function, you are going to share some more specifics around that, Patrick, specifically of how it's impacting our body.
2: I think it's very important to recognize that a lack of sleep demolishes your immune system. In fact, that's the phrasing by Dr. Matthew Walker, who spent decades... Doing research into the impact of sleep upon the human body and routinely sleeping less than six or seven hours a night demolishes your immune system more than doubling your risk of cancer. That's a quote from Dr. Walker. It's also interesting to recognize that sleep-deprived patients are two to three times as likely to suffer calcification of their coronary arteries. Adults aged 45 and above who get less than six hours of sleep a night are 200% more likely to suffer a heart attack or stroke than those who get a full night's sleep. And this is backed up by the statistics. When daylight savings begin, we lose one hour of sleep, there's a 24% increase in heart attacks the following day then when we gain an hour of sleep, there's a 21% reduction in heart attacks. Huh. It's not just the same, and it's the same statistics for heart attacks, car crashes, road traffic accidents, and suicide rates. It's important to understand that sleep isn't an opportunity to just say, I don't want to do anything. It's the, the time that your body goes into specific processes boosting your immune system going into rapid eye movement non-rapid eye movement which are very important for again for your entire endocrine system your nervous system and if you don't get enough sleep when you're sleep-deprived your mood changes there's a 60% increase in emotional reactivity in the amygdala that's your fear response that means less sleep means you'll take more risks your fears will heighten you'll exhibit poor decision-making skills, etc. So again, sleep is critical. And that's, that's why Chris and I got together. I said, let me help people with the emotional aspect. You can help people with the physical and nutritional aspect of how to get better sleep tonight.
1: Yeah. And that's one of the things, Chris, that you were talking about before was this molecule that you're working with. Tell me a little bit more about that.
3: Yeah, it's a, it's a fascinating story. I just feel so lucky that I've been able to work with it. I, my company started manufacturing it back in, in 1991. Uh, it was discovered in 1985 uh, at Rice University here in Houston, Texas. And the guys, the three professors who discovered it actually won the Nobel Prize in, in 1996 Uh, So that's a short 11 years from discovery to uh, actually winning the Nobel Prize. So it's pretty exciting. The scientific community was just uh, enamored with this molecule and actually continues to be. It just performs so well in so many applications. When you're going to use it in so many applications, you have to understand what it's like from a safety perspective for man to work with it. So in 2012, they actually did a toxicity study. They assumed it would be toxic. Instead of being toxic, uh, in the study they gave rats water, rats olive oil, and then rats olive oil with the ESS-60 molecule. Uh, instead of being toxic, those rats, given really the My Vital C formula, lived 90% longer than the control group. And also died without tumors. So it's, it's this, if that sounds astounding, it is. It's the single longest longevity experiment on mammals ever. And really kind of the biohacker community started uh, taking the product in and reporting some pretty phenomenal results. Uh, I'm, me, I'm a, sci- you know, a, a carbon nanomaterial scientist. I'm still very conservative. So we actually didn't bring a supplement to market until all the way into 2018 uh, because a guy with a big YouTube following. I mean, the research is clear. Uh, C60 is for industrial applications and can be harmful. ESS60 is C60 that's been processed for safer human consumption. And, and so uh, the, uh, a guy with a big YouTube following and at the end of 2017 was sharing all the benefits he was getting by taking a product daily. And then in 2018, we're like, okay, what are we going to do uh, with business opportunity? Because all of these people are calling and asking for this product. Now, Excellent. that's a very interesting story and there's a lot of, you know, ins and outs about it. It's it got a lot of intrigue in it, and it's pretty amazing. Um, and why is it related to sleep? So, our, our most consistent testimonial from our customers is that they take it in the morning, they report mental focus and energy during the day and then better sleep that night. It's, it's actually such a con- consistent testimonial. That I've started a sleep study. Uh, there's a company called Aura Ring, which is one of the better, it's a ring that sits on your finger and it's one of the better sleep trackers on the market. I'm working with a, a University of California San Diego professor who is a consultant for Aura Ring and we already have like a 13 man sleep trial underway uh, to kind of prove this data. I'm, I'm a totally dra- data driven scientist and so, it's important for me to have more information. Great, I got a lot of testimonials, uh, but what, is, what does the data say? Uh, and, and so it's, it's, been a, it's been an interesting journey, and it's a thing that's kind of tying Patrick and I together on this really, and we haven't kind of brought out this phrase, but Patrick talks about these emotions, and these emotions impact, negatively impact your sleep. I like to call that this horrible emotional sleep spiral uh, that you really got to get on control on two ends, and that's the, the physical getting sleep side and also on the emotional side.
1: No, you talk about um, diet. Tell me a little bit about what, in addition to this supplement, you've found improves sleep.
3: Um, well, I can talk about it. Uh, there's other supplements that are on the market that I, I, I would recommend, and there's some that uh, are, it can be very tricky. So uh, there's one supplement called Valerian Root. Uh, Valerian Root, you can actually find it in Sleepy Time Tea. So if you just go to your grocery store, uh, there's a Sleepy Time Tea has a cute teddy bear in its PJs, and usually you have two versions, one with Valerian Root and one without. And what Valerian mm-hmm. Root will do when you take this tea, is actually quiet your mind. So I, I don't know, Marie, if you've ever kind of gone to bed and your mind is racing and you don't even know if you're going to be able to go to sleep, but what valerian root can do is quiet your mind so that you can actually get to sleep. So that's, that's one that I would recommend. And again, you take that one right before you go to sleep. Another is melatonin, right? So melatonin is a hormone that our body does produce. It produces, uh, our bodies produce melatonin as part of our circadian rhythm. And the best way to think about melatonin is that it's the starting gun for us to go to sleep. So it doesn't necessarily help us sleep. It's just... It's why it's so important to take the right amount and to take it at the right time because you don't want the starting gun going off too soon, or if you take too much melatonin, uh, then you can actually wake up groggy. But, you know, proper usage of melatonin uh, can provide some some good advantages in, in terms of getting sleep.
2: Okay. So another interesting point is to, because you talked about nutrition Number one, make sure that when you've finished eating, you wait three hours before bedtime so that your digestion isn't interfering with your sleep. Chris talked about alcohol. Also, be aware of marijuana. I'm not saying you take it. I'm just saying be aware of it. <laughs> marijuana, <laughs> blocks, marijuana blocks rapid eye movement, and that in turn creates more anxiety. Interestingly, CBD oil hasn't been shown to suppress REM. So there are many, many things you can do which will actually help you to sleep better at night. And in my free audio book, Neutralize the Seven Emotions That Are Holding You Hostage Right Now, I have a whole chapter dedicated to a whole series of tips of things you can do, actionable steps to take, which will also help you to sleep. For example, you must be cool, dark, and quiet. So there's just a few things. I think, you know, between Chris and I, we've shared quite a few tips and there's more in the free audio book.
1: Excellent. Why don't you give us the link for that one more time?
3: Yeah, sure. So the link is myvitalc.com forward slash career confidant uh, and again you can download both the audio book which is neutralize the seven emotions that are holding you hostage now and then there's a guided meditation overcome fear and anxiety and enjoy peace of mind it's great for just relaxing uh, and then you can also find links to get to um, the my vital c website if you're interested the home page if you're interested in uh, checking out the product
1: interesting i'm excited I'm, I'm guessing that people are going there to find things we have one minute left and maybe just one last tip that you would share with people to to get some better sleep tonight one more thing that you would
2: say they can do i think the most well, important I, thing is to recognize that your mean, thoughts impact your emotions happens. and in turn your emotions affect your sleep if you've got a lot of racing thoughts write them out Don't take them into the bedroom. So write out if you've got tasks to do the next day or if you've got a lot of thoughts, a lot of things on your mind, write them out. If you wake up halfway through the night with lots of thoughts, get up out of bed, write out all those thoughts on a piece of paper somewhere else in another room, then go back to sleep.
1: Excellent.
3: And Chris... yeah, go to that link, myvitalc.com forward slash career confidant. The audio book is something that you can work through and there's actionable things you can do in it. So it might not be the thing to, to, to get you to sleep tonight, but that guided meditation will help you relax uh, and actually sleep tonight.
1: <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you both so much. This is such an important topic for our health for our productivity at work and I love the statistics that you are giving Patrick around how important this is for our, for our performance at work and of course if we are worried about our job and keeping our job that's something else that can we can do to to stay effective and getting more sleep can be an overall improvement of our lives so thank you so much for sharing that if you're here listening you know that we'll be back but we're going to say goodbye to dr patrick and chris and hopefully you'll check out their link there and and get that audio book so thank you both so much
3: thank Thank you you, marie
1: we'll be right back here on the career confidant
0: That's getcareersmart.com or call 800 521 2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Voice
4: America Business Network. The bottom line in business.
0: Tuned into The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. You may also send an email to Marie at a strategic Now back to The Career Confidant.
1: Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we were talking with Dr. Patrick Bonas and Chris Burris about sleep and all of the different implications of sleep, which are fascinating. I'm going to go have to look some of these up, as well as our strategies for getting better sleep. Now, if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that I have a two-year-old and a four-year-old. So sleep is a commodity that is hard to come by. And I think for a lot of us, that evening time becomes the wind down, right? The kids finally go to bed. And so it's like, oh, we've got, you know, 30 minutes to an hour or whatever to do something for ourselves. And oftentimes then that stretches to two hours and it's pretty late before we're getting to bed. So I'm excited to try some of the strategies that they were talking about, I've recently actually started doing the um, not eating four hours, I'm trying to do four hours before bedtime, and I found that that is helping me uh, sleep even a little bit better. I was using the Calm app to listen to some of the guided meditations, I really like the guided meditations, to think about something specific and help process something specific for myself. I found those very helpful, um, recently joined a, a different meditative practice around positive psychology and have been using those a little bit at, at night uh, to go to sleep. So all of these practical strategies that they were sharing to get us um, to go to bed a little bit easier and a little bit faster, I know about the blue light, but honestly, I'm not very good at that one. I'm usually looking at at the screen pretty close to bedtime, which is one of those things that I could work on. And then the Writing things down is is huge for me. I've been working with my productivity coach to make sure that I'm writing things down at the end of the day so that I go to bed feeling like, hey, at least I have a game plan for tomorrow and know what I need to do, what needs to get done um, the next day. And that can help control some of that fear and anxiety. It's interesting to hear Dr. Patrick's definition of fear, versus anxiety and how both of those get in our way and I talked a while ago about how fear we sometimes can think of it as a positive almost like a motivator uh, you know that competitive you know hey I want to make sure that I'm on the top and ahead of the curb or whatever you might say. And that that's really that fear driven motivation is not very helpful. And he did a great job of explaining why that is when we're coming from that fight or flight mentality. We don't have our cognitive function at its highest. We don't have the creativity. We don't operate at our optimal Place versus when we can see those things as as challenges, as opportunities, as forward thinking. Instead of running from something, we're running to something, and that positive approach. He's. And they just wrote down some of his numbers, you know, 30% more productive, 37% better at sales. I didn't catch his number on doctors being better at diagnosing us if they've got sleep. But I think when we look at some of those numbers, we think, oh, you know, obviously this is important. And maybe me speaking to me here (laughs) to stop talking about how important it is and actually get that sleep and, and do what is right for Ourselves. Uh, Interesting to think about not getting a nap that's longer than 30 minutes. Obviously, you don't get much chance for a nap during the week, but sometimes on the weekend, if the boys actually do, you you know, sleep, (laughs) if they do actually take naps, which is rare, I might sneak in a little bit of a nap and uh, I'll make sure I keep that to 30 minutes. That's a good, good tidbit to recognize. When I think about this as it relates to work, obviously there are some very critical implications of sleep, as he was talking about, When with cancer and heart issues, those are monumental. And since we're talking about work in this show, I also think about how it impacts our work. And we know that our ability to handle Challenging conversations to be engaged, especially now that we're doing everything virtually. We really need our clearest mindset and our most positive mindset to be able to handle the challenges of today in our job search, in our workplace, and being a being a leader, being an employee who's effective. We we need to be able to operate at our best so that we can be most effective, and you know for me and the careers work, be as helpful to other people as I can be, accomplish the things I want to accomplish and therefore, you know, not keep that cycle going of fear and anxiety around things that haven't gotten done or whatever it might be. So it can kind of create this cycle when we have fear and anxiety, then we're not as productive and then it just builds on itself more fear and anxiety because we weren't as productive as we wanted to be and how that all fits together. When we look at our sleep and our health and our cognitive function, we know that a lot of it is around routine. And Dr. Patrick was kind of talking about that a little bit, that this routine is important. And a lot of us kind of uh, block a little bit at routine and maybe don't like to give it the importance that, that it deserves. And there's definitely a time for spontaneity. But when we're talking about sleep, a routine is really important. And when we're talking about diet, a routine can be really important so that we are not going to the kitchen thinking about, oh, what am I going to eat today, that I've got somewhat of a plan, I have the resources on hand to eat well, and same thing with sleep, that as he was talking about, I have the structures set up to be able to sleep well, to have my phone outside of the room, to have that quiet time without the blue light before bed, or as Chris was talking about that, get that blue light filter on even a few hours before sundown and having those structures can really help us improve our our cognitive function throughout the day, as well as our immune system response, which of course be even before COVID having a strong immune system and strong, healthy bodies is critical to our long-term success, our long-term happiness. And yet occasionally we can forget that in the short term and forget the importance of doing these pieces right. Now, one of the things that Patrick hit on was something that I've talked a lot about with Susan Whitcomb or Susan Britton, who's come on this show before and talking about the blue zone, red zone and how when we're in that fight-flight, response that Dr. Patrick was talking about and how we go there easily more easily when we don't get sleep. So he said a 60% increase in emotional response if we get less than six night six hours of sleep per night. That 60% increase in emotional response that means we're 60% more likely to be in the red zone instead of the blue zone where we have less creativity but worse problem solving tend to isolate instead of collaborate. All of those negative aspects of interacting and reacting and problem solving come in when we're in that red zone. And I can tell you <laughs> that this has happened This has happened to me, right? When you don't get enough sleep, you can think about how you tend to be more reactive with your kids, with your spouse, with your coworkers. Uh, and maybe even say things that you wouldn't want to say when you're in an interview or another stressful situation that kind of puts you in that red zone. And since you're already there because of the lack of sleep, you're reacting even worse than you wanted to, or than you would usually, or than you have practiced, right? You may have practiced for that interview or practiced for that virtual presentation. And then you find yourself there not delivering the way you'd want to because you didn't you don't have enough sleep thinking about a time just a couple of months ago i host a monthly call for my community that's digital brand strategists. so we look every month at what's new in linkedin and what can help them boost their brands and boost their clients brand uh digitally and we host these calls every other month if the call is at 7 a.m my time and getting up that early is usually not a problem for me usually get up early and have you know have an exercise before that but for some reason this morning and probably because my sons were not sleeping well I woke up and just had very little brain function and so we went through the meeting and I had planned out what I was going to do for the the presentation part of the meeting thankfully but when we got done I realized that I hadn't recorded it simple step do it all the time and and yet with that impacted brain functioning because I wasn't getting any sleep that week it's it's not happening so if we're thinking about how we can change our habits how we can change our structures to be able to get better sleep It's something that might take a little bit of investigation, might take a little experimentation and and some shifts, and how are we going to do it differently. And For me, it's making sure that I get to bed earlier. That solves most of the problems. When I get to bed too late, I'm still going to wake up at pretty much the same time, and therefore we get that lower amount of sleep. One of the things that they didn't talk about, but we know is important, is that when you go to bed around the same time every night and wake up around the same time every morning, your rhythm gets improved, right? You have that habit and it's easier to fall asleep and easier to wake up. This is one of our challenges on the weekends, Maybe if you don't have a two and four-year-old, I don't really find I have this challenge because they don't let you sleep in. But if you have older children or no children, you might find yourself tempted to sleep in on the weekends and or stay up later on the weekends. And that really can also impact your sleep pattern for the rest of the week. So you have to take other steps to mitigate that if that's a choice that we choose to take or if we're really struggling with sleep, we might make a conscious effort not to do that on the weekends so that we can do better during the week and get that improved sleep. So we're going to take a short break and when we come back, dive in a little bit to some of the actions that we can take to improve our stress levels overall. We'll be right back in just a few minutes.
0: That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. We hear it and read about it every day in the news Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
4: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
1: Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we were talking with Chris Burris and Patrick Juanis about sleep and how you can get better sleep. And I just want to give you the link to their, their download one more time here before we go. So stay tuned. I'll give you that link one more time. But I also wanted to share some of the other ideas to controlling your stress because getting better sleep is important And it's definitely a key to improving our stress response. And there are some other things that I have found helpful that I wanted to share. So the link to their download is myvitalc, like vitamin C, myvitalc.com slash career confidant and career confidant has an E at the end so you can go and download their book and they're going to give you some excellent ideas around the emotions and sleep and also you can check out the product that Chris was talking about and That's one aspect of managing our stress response. Probably an important one because I I think it drives a lot of the ability to do some of these others. But here's a few other ideas to think about. Second, diet. What we're eating plays a lot into our stress levels, right? We're kind of either feeding that stress hormone or not feeding it. And I know for myself, sometimes I can get into the habit of of rewarding myself with foods that aren't good for me, and that just furthers the problem, right? If I'm going to say, oh, I get a a treat, uh, sometimes that can work if it's small and controlled and and not overly exuberant, uh, exorbitant. but sometimes it's bad, you know, going to eat a pint of ice cream to make yourself feel better probably isn't going to make yourself feel better long term. So eating a more whole food diet can help us feel better, and manage our stress better and not increase some of those stress hormones, which kind of feed on especially sugars. The third thing, and we've talked about this a little bit, is more of that plan. So writing down what I'm going to do, having actions, making it clear, not counting on my brain to have to remember things because one, it's not going to happen. It's even less likely to happen when we have no sleep. But why make my brain stress about, am I going to remember that I need to do this or not? Have a place where you write it down. This year, I started doing a journal and kind of built off of the system, you know, you can read about dot journaling. And I don't do all of the dot journaling pieces, but I do have a journal of what's going on every day, kind of my to-dos and my conversations. So then if I'm wondering, you know, oh, what were my takeaways from that radio show or You know, maybe I want to use this content later, I can just go back to that date in my journal and all of the notes are there. I don't have to wonder where I put the notes or try to find them on paper or in my computer. They're all in one place and I can track all of my action items and my notes in one place. It's been really helpful for for me this year. And then at the end of the every day, and this was something that Susan Britton shared with me, is writing down those three things that are the most important for me to accomplish in tomorrow. And that helps my brain kind of already start working on them while I'm sleeping, while I'm, you know, doing my things at the, in the evening. My brain kind of has that in the subconscious of this is what I need to work on for tomorrow and I can be more creative the next day because I've already told my brain that, hey, this is something we're going to work on tomorrow the next thing is somewhat contradictory but we've got the plan and we know what we want to do and then we're going to be a surfer and i got this from positive psychology uh shirzad i I love his work and he encourages people to think about themselves as a surfer. So I'm not controlling the waves. I cannot control. And that's probably one of the biggest pieces of this is admitting we don't have control over what happens. We cannot control what's going to happen. However, we can control how we respond. And his suggestion is to treat it like we're surfing. So I am surfing the waves of what happened. Uh, You know, when you're surfing, you're still steering and directing and trying to hit things, but you recognize that you don't have control over the over those waves. And I I like that visualization. I picture that as things are kind of coming at me or I get faced with a negative situation. I don't have control here, so I'm just gonna surf the wave and see where it goes. What happens a lot of times is when negative things come up is that we tend to visualize the negative. And I can tell you that if a surfer is out there on a wave and they're visualizing crashing, what is going to happen? They're gonna crash. They don't do that. They visualize where's the wave going and how am I gonna catch that next piece of it so that I stay up and stay going and and move through, hopefully, of course, still on my feet at the end they're visualizing that line they're not visualizing themselves crashing into the rocks I want to do the same thing so instead of visualizing the negatives that are all going to come from this I'm going to say okay what could come that could be good and it doesn't mean that I'm not going to work hard I'm not going to do what needs to be done I am also going to think about you know, what good might come of this if it doesn't go my way because that way I can pivot and move more quickly and maybe, well, brain research would tell us most likely be more creative in solving the problem that I'm trying to solve right now because I'm not afraid of what will happen if I don't solve it. That fear puts me in the fight, flight, freeze mode and I'm not going to be as creative in solving the problem. So I'm surfing the wave and I'm visualizing All of the good things that are going to happen, even if it doesn't completely go my way, here's the possibility. So, for instance, going to my parents' house for the 4th of July, we hit an elk, and it smashed in the windshield, it smashed, you know, my husband, the driver's side door, um, even smashed in the door where my son was sitting in the back. It it was very scary, it was a lot of anxiety around it, and kind of going. The next day, what's going to happen to the car? And so started thinking about the positives, right? Maybe we'll get a new car and we'll be able to do something different, buy a car that would pull a trailer that my husband's been kind of daydreaming about. Well, it turns out that doesn't happen. They're going to fix the car. Like, oh, great. Now we won't spend money on a trailer because we don't have a car that will pull it. And so at every opportunity, we're just looking at the good of the situation, not in a Pollyanna way. Because we still had to get the car fixed and we still, you know, did the things that we needed to do, go through the process. But in in the meantime, instead of having anxiety and all the negatives, just choosing to look at the positives and to think about a line that might move us forward instead of a line that keeps us frozen in fear. Revisit your positive memories, your wins. So this is some research around Facebook surfing um, that when we look at other people's good things, it tends to hurt hurt our mental functions. So we look at everybody else's highlight reel and think about, you know, my life sucks. I mean, look at all the great things that these other people are doing. And if you're starting to feel that way, One, you could stop scrolling Facebook. And two, go back and look at your own memories. The pictures of your family doing great things, of your vacations. They've shown in, again, research that your mental health improves when you do that. Reflect on the wins in your career. Start capturing those. You'll need them for your resume at some point. But doing that consistently, whether it's related to career or family, personal, professional life, when we're consistently recognizing, acknowledging and kind of celebrating those wins, it helps relieve our stress and probably also reminds us of things that we did in the past that worked that we could repeat in the future. And then the last one is collaborate and connect with others. We can tend to isolate when we're stressed out, and it just feeds that cycle of stress. And of course, right now, really hard because we're physical distancing, but that doesn't mean you have to social distance. And in fact, I don't really like that term. Don't social distance, physical distance. Reach out to people, have those FaceTime calls, get on Zoom even though it's hard because video really does help you connect better. It will help you get out of that cycle of stress. So there's a few more things in addition to better sleep that you can do to improve your stress levels. We have another great guest here next week on The Career Confidant, and I look forward to seeing you then. If you have any thoughts or questions or ideas for the show, feel free to reach out to me at marie, M-A-R-I-E, at careerthoughtleaders.com. I look forward to seeing you right back here again next week on The Career Confidant.